podcast. Don't mind me just eating some pizza here. Keto pizza. I haven't completely lost my mind. Um, we got Mr. Gregory Boitos. I pronounced that right, Boitos. So good. Good. He is an LA-based award-winning comedian, author, super athlete. He does ultra marathons. Not that you need the word ultra before a marathon. Um, he does powerlifting, CrossFit, mountain climbing, and lots more. Multi-platform marketer. And he's this guy is a pizza eating machine, as you can see right now. <laughs> In his book, The Great Pizza Experiment, he tells a story of how he ate nothing but pizza for 45 days, didn't die, lost weight, improved his health, and created a unique nutritional approach, which is actually very similar to how I've learned to thrive uh, concerning nutrition, which is elimination. How can two seemingly opposite approaches to food have so much in common? So we're gonna talk about. Uh, Gregory and I met almost a year ago when he was kind enough to buy a pair of skull bells, dumbbells. Uh, we've been in touch almost every every day on a um, ever since then. Um, he's always tagging us in Instagram posts, which we very much appreciate, sir. So thank you for that. Uh, we have a lot in common, all the way up to our love for cats. Gregory can be found on Instagram at the Pizza Athlete or on his website, gregoryboitos.com. And his YouTube channel is The Pizza Athlete. His book, The Great Pizza Experiment, can be found on Amazon or on his website. And if you like food and if you like to laugh, you should get a copy. Um, I finished it yesterday as of this recording, and I was laughing my ass off every single page. So, everybody, please welcome Mr. Gregory to the show. What's up? Thanks for having me. Absolutely, brother. Thank you for being on. Um, so what, what kind of pizza are you eating, by the way? Uh, right now I'm eating, I'm kind of tag teaming a couple slices. I get a half cheese, half pepperoni from a New York style place down the street. The rumor is they import their water from New York to make the dough, which seems inefficient, but it's there. It's the rumor. It's called Mulberry Street Pizza and there's four of them in LA. They're great. Fascinating. Having a uh, keto pizza, pizza, I'm sure that surprises you. Uh, now, is it what's what's the crust? The crust is just cheese, literally just cheese. No eggs, no. No, sir. Just cheese. Nice. Okay. Just cheese. You've had so you, keto, you've had keto pizza before. I've had it, but it had mozzarella cheese and uh, cream cheese and eggs in the crust. <clears throat> Right on. So uh, there's a bet between you and your wife, if I understand correctly from reading your book. Got your book right here. And um, there's a bet between uh, you and your wife that each of you had to eat pizza um, and sandwiches respectively. And almost everyone and, and the and the was you each had to eat that one food until until somebody said enough is enough. And um, Pretty much everybody you talked to said that if they had to choose one meal the rest of their life, they would choose sandwiches over pizza. So are people in LA just like kind of weird like that? Because I don't know a single person that would pick sandwiches over pizza person. That sounds kind of crazy. It's a good, uh, a fair question. Um, and it wasn't limited to LA. That was a weird thing. It was like people like my friend group on, on the Facebook uh, at that point spanned a few countries, but mostly like up and down the state of California. And, uh, and across the nation. And so, I mean, not that that's or out of the ordinary, I'm just saying like, it's not just an LA thing. Like people everywhere are stupid. And I think that the problem with it is that um, 
<laughs> maybe not the problem, but like, you know how uh, the short dog or the little dog is always the one barking the most because yeah. they know they're little. And so like, they're like, well, before anyone gets me, I'm gonna go get them. So I think that's what the deal is with sandwiches. It's like the pizza people are like, well, yeah, no shit, it's pizza. Pizza is the obvious answer. And all the sandwich people are like, no, it's sandwiches. You gotta be sandwiches. So like the pizza people are scrolling through and they're like, you dumb idiots want to have nothing but sandwiches for the for the duration of the bet? Like, yeah, go for it. Yeah. I'm just going to sit here and eat my pizza, which was my deal. And when it comes to pizza versus sandwiches, I mean, is there, is there any, does, I, I'm not aware of any health benefit to a sandwich over pizza. I mean, the bread and the crust are basically the same thing. Well, I mean, it. I, as I de not detail in the book, but my theory or not not my theory, but my philosophy is the uh, macros based, right? And so, whatever whatever you need, you can get any way. And if you're looking to optimize your macros, for me, I'm a higher protein and then uh, lower fat and carbs kind of person. Like this mm -hmm. is how my body works the best. Um, Pizza is pretty good for that. Uh, sandwich would have. I would imagine higher carbs um, because the bread to protein ratio is is higher. And so if that's what you need, then do it. Um, my, uh, yeah, so like the, the health benefits is like, maybe you could get more, I don't know, vegetables on a sandwich, but I doubt that too, because pizza toppings, you know what I mean? I'm talking like, to a carnivore too, and, and I always feel better when I'm having absolutely no vegetables whatsoever. Yeah, exactly, like vegetables, as we discussed in our emails leading up to this, vegetables are water trash. Yeah. Um, you, I don't, I mean, there's some stuff that you need, but nothing you can't get in a supplement or a pill, like, sorry, vegetables, but you're gross. Yeah, yeah, they're disgusting. I don't, I don't know anybody likes that, that, that likes eating them. Like, you have to trick yourself into, into eating them and thinking that they're good and people are like, oh, well, if you eat vegetables, then there's a lot of fiber in it. There's not really a lot of calories, so you just feel full. I'm like, well, I mean, if that's your goal, you can eat toilet paper. I mean, there's people that there's weird people that do that too. And uh, yeah, like you feel, you'll you'll lose your appetite very quick. Vegetables is what my food eats. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I believe in outsourcing my vegetable consumption. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you get your. Yeah, I didn't. I I mean, I had a really weird diet growing up, um, and I probably didn't eat like vegetables as most people would know it until my mid twenties. Mm -hmm. Like even when I was doing like the Atkins diet, um, it was just meat and cheese. Like there was no vegetables to it. I didn't have eggs until I was 20, maybe 21. Wow. Just didn't appeal to me and I didn't want to get in there, you know? Mm -hmm. It was weird. So yeah, vegetables, ugh. Yeah, you mentioned macro questions, and um, I was going to ask you that later, but um, that, I think that's that's a good segue right into that. Then, so um, on page nine of your book, you said that pizza is objectively not only preferable to sandwiches, but also one of the single best foods that exist. I don't think anybody would disagree there. Uh, it has all the food groups in the right ratios for consumption. It's beyond delicious, and its utility does not diminish. Pizza may, in fact, be perfect. It's quite the claim. Uh, so you got my attention with the with the macro ratios. Um, so. Maybe this is just a carnivore in me talking, but isn't pizza like disproportionately high in fat and carbs? I mean, like how, how do you get the adequate protein that you need? Yeah, so uh, I would say um, that's more, it's, it's less of a scientific uh, uh, book at that point than a uh, than humor-based. So my joke, the joke there is that like, you look at a food pyramid, I think a food pyramid 
metaphors around there. Um, but the food pyramid has like six to 11 servings of grains. And the next one is like fruit and, and meat, right? Or yeah. fruit and vegetables. So then you have like tomatoes and onions and all that stuff. And then you have the cheese is like the fats and the protein. Um, so it's like a vegetarian food source, depending on the toppings. Um, but you could get like a very high macros or a very high protein uh, relative to the carbs and fats onto a pizza if you want. But like a normal slice of cheese pizza has like 12 grams of protein for 250 calories. So like not optimal, but also like not the worst. Yeah. And so the, the pizza diet itself was extreme and to one end and I needed to supplement heavily to maintain it and to maintain health through it. And so um, if I was eating nothing but pizza, um, my macros wouldn't have been uh, as good as I needed them. And I do have a weird macros profile because of my health and fitness goals. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm, I'm high protein. Uh, so I do like my, my loose macros is like aim for uh, my body weight in protein in grams. So like if I'm 210 pounds, try and get that many grams of protein, 210 grams of protein, and then like split off the calories, the remaining calories for the day uh, among fats and carbs. So just get all protein first. If I go over to get it, I go over to get it. You know, I'm not too strict. I don't have uh, aesthetic goals that are strict at the moment. So so, because there's quite a bit of people that'll that'll say that having this, this may just be like um, bro rumors within within the gym, but that if you have carbs and fats together, that the carbs are going to spike up your insulin, and not all that fat's going to get stored. Um, you seem to disprove that because you're in very good shape. Yeah, I mean, if you're uh, thank you uh, coming from you, that's a compliment. I'm not wearing a tank top um, <laughs> because I felt my traps would be uh, overshadowed. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so. Uh, your, your body isn't storing, uh, nice. Uh, your body isn't storing, um, calories in a, in a deficit. So that's just, if, and if the, if your insulin spikes and you do, then later that day, when you end up in a deficit while you're sleeping, it just re retakes it. Goes down. You know? Yeah. So. Yeah. Like he pretty much almost had me convinced to just start eating pizza by the end of the book. I was like, this is. I never thought somebody would put up such a good argument for eating pizza all the time, but this is, this is brilliant. <laughs> Thanks. I mean, it's good and it's effective if I could. And you know, it's great is um, it's delicious too. Not that a carnivore diet isn't delicious. Um, Cause I like putting meat on my pizza. That's yeah. fantastic. You know? Yeah. I think when it comes to protein consumption, most people that say that you need north of 250, 300 grams a day are, usually trying to sell you a protein supplement. Um, but most of it's pretty well overkill. I'm different. I, I, I consume north of 400 grams because that's my primary fuel source actually. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you have to, you need it. Exactly. Yeah. Because that basically replaces my carbs. Um, so do you supplement protein or anything? Or I do. Yeah. So, um, I, my current, current, um, regimen is, is less, less pizza. Um, but, uh, there's still pizza in a seven day week. I would say I have pizza six days. Um, a good week would have seven, a bad week would have three. Um, yeah. like if I'm traveling a lot as well, if I'm traveling a lot, there's probably more pizza, but, um, so of the 200 grams of protein, I try and get in every day about a hundred is like a whey case in protein supplement. Um, 
and that happens. I, I'm also intermittent fasting because um, just to restrict the window of eating and that makes my meals more fun. Uh, if you're only having two meals a day, they can be more fun than if you're splitting the calories up among three. So like my first meal is like 70 grams of protein. Then I have a 50 protein or 50 gram protein snack um, uh, right around training. And then dinner is another 70 or 80. And then I just supplement the rest uh, before bed. Makes sense. Yeah. Uh, and so you mentioned intermittent fasting. Uh, do you still do intermittent fasting? Um, at the moment, I'm working on some some sleep stuff and moving the, the fast around. Um, and also work is really, really busy. So I've been training, uh, normally I would train at lunch or a lunch time. Um, and that works so well for intermittent fasting. But now that I have to train before work, um, instead of at lunch, I'm, I'm not intermittent fasting, but that's just for two weeks. So how does that, how does that work with your, with your feeding window then? Do you train fed or do you train fasted? I, um, I always train fed. Um, uh, now in the book, I was intermittent fasting and doing fasted cardio, um, right. and, and then breaking the fast like after. Um, and sometimes I would do fasted, um, powerlifting. So I would squat bench and deadlift with just pre-workout on 16 mm -hmm. hours outside of it, uh, or 16 hours of fasting and then pre-workout workout and then come eat. Um, but I didn't see the results. And so it was hard to be so strict for no uh, marginal difference, you know, like right. that's why you and I keep diligent records. I mean, I see you in the gym every day, your workouts, uh, reps, sets, weights, um, everything yep. uh, is diligent. And I do the same thing with uh, my food tracking, my weight tracking, all that stuff. And because if it can be measured, it can be managed. And so noticing that, hey, when I don't eat, there's no downside to working or there's no downside to lifting, uh, then, okay, don't eat if you don't want to. But if you do want to, and then you notice that if you, when you eat before, there's no upside, well, then you just kind of do what you feel and there's no difference to your training. And so hmm. that's, that's the good part about keeping such diligent records is you see if changes matter. Um, and then you can take steps based on that. So if, if I want to have breakfast, I can't be like, no, I can't eat breakfast because intermittent fasting helps me achieve all my goals. It's like, no, intermittent fasting just is something that I do, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's good. That, that's pretty similar to what I was doing um, up through my last competitions um, when I was consuming a very high carbohydrate diet. It was pretty much just sweet potatoes for all my carbs. Mm. So I would have, so I'd train fasted in the morning and then get a couple meals in. First meal didn't have any carbs and the second two meals had carbs. Very small meals, kind of like every couple hours um, with, with protein, they're mostly fish. And then train, fed, get a good pump and then replenish with carbs and protein after then have a little bit of carbs and protein right before bed too. So that, that, that morning fasted cardio, I think was very helpful when the insulin levels are low and everything like you were saying. Um, anymore, I personally prefer to train fed, uh, or excuse me, fasted for, for a couple of, for a couple of reasons. Um, because with a carnivore diet, it's not carbs and it takes a while for gluconeogenesis to, for, to kick in. And so that all those proteins, ex excess proteins turn into carbs. Um, so I like to eat a couple pounds of 
just like right before bed. And I try to keep it pretty lean, actually eat more of my fats, like fattier cuts earlier in the day. And then the save the lean cuts for night. And then, um, and then while I'm asleep, it changes into gluconeogenesis. And so then when I wake up, like I feel full and I feel great. I don't have any food in my stomach, so I'm not wasting any energy on digestion. So that's kind of been my diet hack as of lately. But nice. Yeah, if I was consuming carbs, I don't think that would work very well. Yeah, I mean, it's it's funny. Uh, I smiled when you said gluconeogenesis because, uh, A, I love the word. And um, it's just such a smart-sounding word. Yeah. And um, gluconeogenesis, it just happens on its own, right? And so, like, in the show notes. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's basically your body trans it it gets uh glycogen or sugar no sugar from protein right right like gluco is is sugar neo is new and genesis is creation so it like makes new sugar out of protein which wouldn't happen if you were doing a carbohydrate diet because it's already there right and it wouldn't have it doesn't happen in uh in, in the ketogenic diet either because then your primary source of fuel is ketones yeah so uh yeah i keep it both carnivore diet and ketogenic diet are both low carb, but it depends on whether protein is your is your main fuel source or um, or fasting. Some people prefer one or the other. So awesome. Uh, so on the subject of elimination diets, that's something that you and I both have in common. Um, on page twenty of your book, you describe how too much pizza is bad for you. I don't think anybody would disagree with that. Uh, the problem is that most people overconsume pizza, but if you know that your next meal is just going to be pizza, then it's easy to pace yourself. Uh, same reason I eat steak every day. And some people, some people are moderators, and some people are, are are eliminators, right? Some people, some people, if you make them do that, like they'll lose their mind, and and they'll say like, no, like I have to, like I I never I never wanted cookies until you told me I can't have cookies. And now I'm like a toddler, toddler that just wants them, right? Um, so have you ever tried the everything in moderation approach? I mean, try, sure. Yeah, it, I fail instantly. I'm saying it's like, yeah, I mean, I don't, I, my, my brain doesn't get it. Yeah. And it's the same reason I run ultra marathons. Like, yeah, running is cool. You know, it's awesome. You know, it's better than running, more running, all the running. Give me, give me it all. I want to do this from, I want to do this from 8 a.m. on Saturday until 8 p.m. Sunday. Like, just you're, you're an all through. or nothing kind of guy. Exactly. Like, all aspects. <laughs> Uh, yeah. And, and like, uh, it's just, you know, how my, I don't judge people who can do moderation. My mother-in-law can do moderation. My wife's a grazer. Like she will just like eat throughout the day and then have all her needs met. And, um, you know, she's in a really good shape and uh, former D1 athlete and all that good genetics and they can do that. But like, you know how many cookies I'm eating if there's cookies in the house, all of them. Yeah. It's, it's not, I buy, I buy cookies and I have two a day until the cookies are gone. It's like, no, this one box of cookies lasts a week, 10 boxes of cookies lasts a week. Like, let's go. Yeah. I don't, yeah. And so like the only way to do it is all or none. And yeah. so if I'm not having cookies, if my goals say that cookies don't fit in my macros, or that they're the cookies won't get me there, no cookies, you know? Um, Did you find it very easy to be in tune with when your body's hungry and when it's really not? On the diet? Yeah. Um, no, because it was um, the intermittent fasting. Well, I guess, I don't know if it was in tune like that. 
Um, it was, it, or if it was, I didn't ever like articulate it. Um, but maybe it was just, just happened and I never even noticed it because I was just like, I can eat all the pizza. And then I'd have a slice and be like, yeah, that was awesome. And then just be done. Whereas before, if it's like, all right, I'm only getting pizza once this week, I have to eat a whole pizza, you right. know, and, and that's not going to do anyone any good. Yeah. Yeah. I found that um, when, when I eliminate everything to just one food, then my body just kind of forgets that everything else that it forgets that everything else exists. And so I, so I know that if I'm hungry, and if I'm actually hungry, then I'm going to be craving meat. But like if I'm eating basically whatever I want and just more of like an if it fits macros approach, uh, which works great for a lot of people, doesn't work for me. Um, if I do that, then, then, then like, um, if I'm stressed or something, I want to eat. And, but it's not because I'm hungry. It's just because I'm stressed or because I'm bored or because, um, or because I'm tired. Yeah. I think that's, I, I interpret that as decision fatigue. Um, yeah. Like, um, I don't have to worry about what I'm eating because right. it's, it's in your case, meat, you know, yeah. just what kind of meat. But if I have to be like, all right, I have seven grams of protein to get in and four grams of carbs and 19 grams of fat left. Well, what food fixes that or what food nails that? It's like nothing, man. So like this, like the flexible dieting, even though like it is an incredible opportunity and resource for some people and it works really well for some people, for people like me, it's just kind of, it's more stressful because it's like when you're doing your own programming versus if you're having a coach program for you, you know, like I found that, um, I was programming for myself with a coach's, um, supervision over the past year and like doing my own accessories, um, was very stressful for me and I didn't like it. Um, and now that the, that the, the program is back up and running for the team, um, he's doing the accessories again. It's so much more so much easier to do something that someone else just tells you and just like being like, okay, I trust you. We're good. And the same thing is with your diet. If you're, if you're like, oh no, I'm not having cookies because cookies aren't meat. It's easy. And a lot easier than I'll have one cookie today. Yeah. Cause no one wants just one cookie. <laughs> Dude, my wife can do it. I, I, I've seen her do it before. She'll eat a cookie and then she can stop. And my brain does can't even fathom what that's like, like what's going through her head yeah that's incredible like my my sister-in-law actually <laughs> she she can do that too and she has like she'll go to the store and buy like 10 boxes of cookies and then just have one from every box on like alternating days and so like by the time she gets through the boxes like the cookie is going to be stale yeah. so like we'll we'll go over there and i'll just like go into her pantry and just like ah. yeah <laughs> it's like this cookie's stale how does that happen i've never had a steal i didn't understand and my parents not to blame them, but they did the same thing. They were just yeah. a box of cookies. It, it, I'd be surprised if it made it through the night. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I bet it's very convenient for when you travel because like every city has pizza restaurants. Like, I mean, that'd be pretty easy to find it. Yeah, I mean, even the first, the first night off the pizza diet after the 45 day experiment, I was in New Orleans, which is like a food city and you know, drunk as you are in New Orleans. And uh, I was eating pizza. Like I went all the way to the land of gumbo and po'boys and atchafalaya. I don't know, if, jambalaya, atchafalaya is a place. Yeah. Um, all that stuff and ended up 
eating pizza at, at midnight. So like, yeah, it's everywhere. It's it's um, taking over the world, man. Such a <laughs> such a good food, and, and for good reason. It's easy. Margins are good. Um, it's tasty, and everyone knows it and likes it. Yeah, Eat, yeah. Eating out on if if you're if you're on the steak every day plan, um, eating out is not really possible or in your budget. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's weird. I don't know if this is just an LA thing or like a my budget in LA thing, but like the best steaks I've ever have, I've ever had at restaurants are not um, steakhouses. Is that just me? Um, I haven't eaten out for steak in a long time because no, because they, they, nobody ever makes it right. Like my steak has to be blue. so rare. It's yeah, yeah. it's, it's literally got to be blue on the inside still. And I will and I will stress the importance of this to the waiter in ev from every different angle that I possibly can, and it's still overcooked by the time I get it. In my opinion, like if, the, if it's like pink is, is way overcooked in my opinion. Interesting. Yeah. Not my style, but my buddy, uh, we were at a restaurant, Harrison Ford's kid had a restaurant in, I don't know, Pasadena or something. This is years ago, years ago. In high school, I think this was like a dance, like a pre-dance, a pre like prom or whatever and my buddy ordered a steak blue and the waiter panicked went and got the manager the manager came back and like explained to him what that meant and then i remember it i could be wrong they made him sign a waiver has that ever happened to you where they're just like this i've never had to sign one but i've had pe i've had people like like are you sure are you sure are you sure and yeah so weird i've only had raw steak on accident like camping just like whoops i didn't i didn't cook it enough or the fire you know we ran out of firewood and it's just like mm -hmm. this is as cooked as it's gonna get or um steak tartare mm -hmm. now that's pretty good yeah steak tartare i like and that's just raw steak right uh i'm pretty sure I yeah i don't really eat out because that's you, you, you'll go broke fast if you're eating if you're eating steak out every day. <laughs> yeah i can imagine i mean I got probably 10 pounds of beef in my freezer and like, it wasn't cheap. Yeah. But you know, buy in bulk. That's my strategy. Yeah, exactly. We go to Restaurant Depot. We used to have a meal prep company. And so we just still use our restaurant card for that. And um, works out so pretty well. That's our, that's our workaround. Smart. Yep. So uh, managing a ravenous appetite. Um, dude, I, I have, I, I have a ravenous appetite uh, just because I have my whole life, bro. Like, uh, I, I didn't have a gut condition like you did that required medical steroids, not 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 the cool steroids, but the, the medical ones that uh, gave you many unfortunate side effects, and uh, one of which was a bottomless appetite. Uh, so did you find that eliminating everything besides pizza that helped you through that? Um, that during that, um, the corticosteroid treatment, um, I wasn't on the pizza diet, but I ate a ton of pizza. Um, but it was just like, um, yeah, I mean, no matter what I ate, I could eat, I, I'm saying like loaves of bread and before dinner, you know, and like, I'm not talking about like a loaf, I'm talking about three, like three before dinner and then having dinner and then having my, uh, splitting dessert with my wife and then eating so fast because I was just so hungry that like I would eat hers before she could get to it, like, you know, halvesies and whatever, yeah. um, which caused friction because my wife loves food too, um, <laughs> just not all of the food. And so like, 
Yeah, I mean, uh, it didn't matter what I ate. I could probably have eaten until I threw up. Just It just would have just filled up and then I would have tried to eat more because that's just how they, if I didn't have to consciously think like, okay, I've had enough on the steroid treatment, then like I would just keep going. Yeah, was part of the reason that your appetite was so big was because it boosted your metabolism at least? Or? Um, the corticosteroids... Uh, I wouldn't say they boosted my metabolism. Um, uh, in, they're so weird. I don't, I don't like them, um, except for them like saving my life uh, because of their like anti-inflammatoriness. But like, it wasn't a metabolism. Like I would gain, like if I went on steroids right now, I'd probably gain thirty pounds. Just as how it goes, because water retention maybe and the the hunger is just so great it's so and it's an insurmountable hunger like there's nothing you could ever do to 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 wow. stop it except for being like no, no no you're full stop like it took my wife crying to make me stop eating uh on a couple occasions and it was just like oh yeah i didn't even realize i'm just hungry so i keep eating just shoveling it in it's so it was so bizarre um and like this is at, like you don't go on steroids is like the first bit of treatment because I have ulcerative colitis. And so like you're you're usually like in a flare. And so like you have the my first time on steroids and the and I had I'd gone from like 240 pounds to like 160 pounds. So that's like over probably two months of just like I don't mean to be graphic, but it's ulcerative colitis is a bathroom disease. And so like you're just going all the time. Yeah. Um, and by all the time, I mean like 20 times a day, uh, and for eight weeks, like you're going to lose some weight, you know what I mean? And so I was like, so thin that the steroids, the first couple times I did them after these long flares, like my weight loss was so extreme that like, I just got back to normal with the steroids. But then when I was like, had better medical care and we caught the flare early with steroids, it's like. Well, I haven't lost all that weight yet. So it's kind of like pushing me the wrong direction. So it was like more noticeable as I grew up or as I got to be older, because I would, wouldn't let it get so bad before seeing a doctor basically. Um, yeah. Wow. Your, 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 your wife crying when you were going through that, um, a couple of years ago, I was in the, the deep, deep pit of, of an eating disorder. This is something that I'm trying to um, mention more often because so many people that struggle with this and uh don't know how how common it is and um i've been i've been there yeah my wife crying because she saw that saw what i was going through you know it's easy to see it's it's something that's really pretty easy to hide and you get good at hiding it but then um and it, and it, but it catches up with you and it's a it's a hard addiction uh, to get away from and it takes it takes support from from, from a lot of people it takes uh, a lot of a lot of prayer in my case and um and really the, the, the only thing that really helped me get past it was uh, finally hiring a coach too and somebody that was accountable to every single thing that i was eating because then i wasn't guessing all the time and then and and like all of my this is back when i was coaching myself so like all of my nutrition information everything was just coming from youtube and books and everything and so many different opinions on, on on it on everything and so what he did was he helped me to um, cut out sugar and really eliminate all the um all the all the trigger foods that were causing a problem and 
um, and it took all the guesswork out of it for me. And I was like, okay, just exactly what you say, coach, exactly what you say, coach, exactly what you say, coach. So um, it's been a big deliverance in my case um, from that. But yeah, it's, uh, it's, not a, it's not a fun place to be. Not at all, no. Yeah. Um, so you, you've, uh, books, um, you, you mentioned that you've read a lot of, uh, self-help, self-help, uh, self-improvement books. Um, yeah. you speak my language now. So, uh, what, what are some of your favorites, man? Um, my favorites. So, uh, this Ryan holiday, the Stoics, um, he, uh, I don't remember his first book. Um, he was on Mind Pump not too long ago. He was a uh, what? He was on Mind Pump not too long ago. Oh, got it. Yeah. So he's, he's really popular he kind of distills and analyzes and interprets the the thoughts and philosophies of like the stoic philosophers from rome and um uh the name is escaping me now stoicism um, so we're up to gluconeogenesis stoicism this is going to be a smart episode yeah uh, i think no the <laughs> obstacle is the way is his is his book um and it turns out i went to college with him uh, he was, he's a college, he, I think he dropped out after one or two years, but we were at the, at the same school at the same time, yeah. um, in the same program, I would imagine, although I'm not sure because he's a writer and I was in a creative writing program. So could have been, or he could have been an economist, but I'm not sure, but we went to the same school at the same time. I don't know, think I ever met him, but, um, the, the obstacle is the way is a cool book. Um, it is a pretty much, I mean not to oversimplify it, but the obstacle is the way. Like if uh, if you, for example, have an eating disorder and that's holding you back, the eating disorder is the obstacle, the way is to go through that. And so like, that's kind of like the idea of this book is like, find what's stopping you and that's where you have to go. You can't go around it, sorry, through, right. you know? Um, that was the most recent book I read. Um, I really liked the uh, Tim Ferriss, Five hour, four hour body, five hour body, four hour body, and I'm then I haven't gotten that one yet, though. <laughs> it's it's a classic. Um, I did the slow carb diet for a while. If you want to talk about elimination diets, that's it. Yeah. Um, plus, like a one refeed day a week, that was sweet. That was mm -hmm. a cool book. I even tried to do the. Um, there's like a running, like an ultra marathon training plan in the book, and I tried to do that, um, but I got injured, so derailed that um then i read so i used to i read this a book called the oh man the ninja it's like the ninja mind ninja mind control um it was a weird it was a weird book about um that one and uh there's another one the two sword method i think just two like ancient like ninja books because i was yeah. like this this will be awesome one was like yeah ninja mind control i don't know they were they were weird and cool um but clearly i forgot them instantly um and then i read a lot of like how to run faster books and then don't do anything about it i just like read them to get inspired um <laughs> to run more not you said your book that if, if, if the secret to success was in a book that would be the last book that you read you'd be successful <laughs> right yeah so like these books to me are less like pathways and more like inspiration mm -hmm. you know like i'm not watching the nfl on sunday mornings because i want to play football eh, this is no nah, it's going nowhere okay so i'm not watching the 
Boston Marathon coverage on whatever, or I'm not watching Olympic track and field because I want to go compete in the Olympics. I want to, I'm watching it because I want to just go running three miles, you know, or whatever the fuck. Um, so like they're more, self-help is more like inspirational fodder rather than like an actual pattern on how to do things. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know if that's because I've, I used to read them and try them and it never worked. So then at a certain point I stopped trying, but I haven't stopped reading them yet. Or if it's because they just inspire me to like be better. And these are all just tools that I will consume. And then one day wield without realizing it, um, which is kind of like in a circuitous way, like why I train fitness um, so I can use it without knowing it. Right. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, maybe it's the same thing. It's just like mental fitness and mental resilience to learn that, Hey, this is a way to do it. This is a way to do it. And then one day you'll just do something on instinct, but it's something from a book, you know? Yeah. So hopefully that's it. Um, Cool. I I hope. And I could, I could fully go into my library is one, my library is one shelf in the other room. Um, But I'm not going to run just to get the, like the titles right. Um, (laughs) But they're, they weren't particularly, uh, the books that I can't remember weren't like great. They were just like cool. Yeah. And I read them on the bus. I was riding the bus in Los Angeles because I didn't have a car. And so like secretly it was like that that, that guy's read, reading a ninja book. Like I'm not going to mess with him. That was like so, my first my first layer of defense yeah. was, oh shit, he's reading how to be a ninja. Like I'll stay away. Books are great conversation stars. It's funny when you're reading a book in public, like people are just fascinated with it. I was just reading a book called a woman rides the beast, which is a, um, which, which is a the- theological uh, prophecy book, and it's a very, very good book. But yeah, it's called A Woman Rides the Beast, and my, my wife's my wife's telling me she's like, "What the hell are you reading? Like, is that like a, a like like a triple X? Like, what?" Is that? <laughs> That'd be a good title for a, a porn book. Yeah. Uh, okay, skull bells. You've been using them consistently for quite some time, so uh, which I very much appreciate, and uh, it's it's gratifying as the maker um, to see that. Um, how do they compare to normal dumbbells? Um. So they are. I got them because they look dope. First of all, like my goal is to die old, very old person. There's more to this statement. Yeah, my goal is to die. (laughs) Uh, No, my goal is to die a very old person, a very strong person. Um, And when they send, uh, my wife and I do not plan on having kids. So when they send whoever buys our house when that we die in, to clean it out they're like what is this weird stuff in this guy's garage (laughs) like um so like these skull bells that i have pizza plates i have just anything weird i have a bunch of mace bells with faces on them you know like i plan on getting those weird kettlebells with the faces on them you know Mm -hmm. all that stuff i want the weird stuff i want the dirty stuff and these skull bells were just like fuck yeah dude like I need those. Plus I had outgrown my 20 pound dumbbells and 50 pound dumbbells were crazy expensive. And so I was like, at the time, the value of these 30 pound dumbbells was like, like way more than just 600% increase at the time. What's that? Uh, Of of used equipment. The the cost of used equipment was 600%. 
increased because of COVID. Yeah. And so like at the time, like they were a steal for just normal dumbbells. If I would have just bought normal 30 pound dumbbells, yeah. it would have been about the same price at the time. I don't know the, I don't know the details now. Mm -hmm. Um, so I was at, when I first heard that, I was like, oh yeah, cool. And then, um, then I got them and they're, they're longer than normal, than normal, nor, uh, normal dumbbells. And so there's like, it's, it's not an increased resistance. Like if you're doing like hammer curls, which is what I do a lot of, I do a lot of hammer curls cause my elbows messed up. Like right at the start of COVID I was doing barbell curls and the inside of my elbow started hurting and it's mm -hmm. hurt ever since a little bit. So it only hurts when I do straight bar curls or like supinated grip rows. So I try and avoid those if I can. Um, so I'm only doing hammer curls with these things, uh, in the front. I'm also doing weighted box, step up, suitcase lunges, all that stuff. And for those, they, they work just the same as every other dumbbell, but they just look fucking cool. Like I want my neighbors, I want my neighbors to walk by while I'm alive. So this is like the rest of my life. I want them to walk by and be like, that guy's fucking scary. Are those skulls keep walking? Like that's it. Um, and so like these do that and they look awesome. And um, yeah, they're cool. And I thought that the way that you sent the, I don't know if you do this for all your customers or just the early adapters, early adopters, uh, you sent like spray paint with them in case they got chipped up, which of mm -hmm. course they do. They get chipped up. You know, you, I don't drop them. I don't mm -hmm. drop weights. I'm not a weight dropper, but I drop other weights on accident, you know, bailing off a bench or whatever. And, you know, little chip here and there and there's spray paint to fix it. I thought that was just so like classy and caring from a customer service point of view that I was like, man, like these are, I'm so glad that I did this. And so, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, I appreciate that. And uh, I appreciate it. Now, I'm thinking, now I'm thinking of everybody that didn't send spray paint to, they're gonna hear this and they're gonna be like, where the hell is my spray paint? Ooh, awkward. <laughs> I'm scared. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I did it with all of them. Yeah. yeah. That and the handwritten note, uh, I was like, oh, this is cool. Like the only person who writes me handwritten notes is uh, my best friend. So when I saw yours, I was like, oh, this is nice. Like, I, I kind of like this. Oh, thanks, um, man. So was, I really appreciate that. And then um, I just think that more people should have cool shit like that to get strong with because it it's a little bit longer. And so like if you're doing like front rack carries with two dumbbells, hypothetically, yeah. It's going to be a little bit out, a little bit more, whatever. It's out a little bit more. Like it's a different modal domain or different plane of resistance or whatever, you know? So like, it's cool. Um, but like, they look so cool. And me and my friends have this thing we've been doing since high school where like, you're, you know, this Shakespeare with a skull, but it's like this like metal voice, like raise your fucking chalices. And so like when I saw these, skull bells it's like i need those just to to have them in my garage so i can you know raise raise these fucking chalices yeah so <laughs> and yeah have you, ever, have you ever done a supinated curl with them or where you twist and supinate at the top so start so, like curl and twist up yeah so uh when i'm doing so hammer curls just stay mm -hmm. and then the supinated curl i do so most of my movements I learned from YouTube starting strength with Mark Ripito and then uh, Mark Ripito YouTube um, and he used to be the powerlifting guru for CrossFit and he is no longer 
but he I learned about him from the four hour body book. He's uh, Tim quotes him in the four hour body. Um, and he does, he said like wiggle bar curls. I call the, I don't know if it's like the wavy curl bar, easy curl bar. Easy I, call curl it, bar. I call it a wiggle curl bar because it's got a wiggle in it. And I learned everything on YouTube. And so um, he's like, those only work one head of the bicep. And so he's like, if you want to do the real, both heads of the bicep, start in hammer and as you come up, curl. So it's the only way I curl unless my coach says hammer curls. Yeah. Like there's no, yeah. So that's the way I do it. Just so it gets both. So it's another you know? Yeah. Have you, have you ever um, lean, lean back on a bench and- Oh my God. And, and twisted them like that? Yes. Uh, so we had uh, in the first iteration of the of the CrossFit gym that I went to, um, they would every now and again have Friday bro days. And so uh, CrossFit works is like everyone in the class does the same 60 minute routine uh, throughout all the classes for the day. So like there's a, a, a program that the whole thing is following and like everyone does the same thing every day and there's a whiteboard and you can compete. But every now and again, they'd have just a Friday bro day, which was like, all right, we're going to do curls. We're going to do um, leg curls, hamstring curls, um, those things with the slider where you're laying on your back and you slide your heels towards your butt and like pike yeah. up into the bridge, all that kind of stuff. Just like those are accessory day, right? Yeah. And so the first time they did this accessory day, I was doing the curls and I'd never, I didn't really curl before this. And they were just like, yeah, you know, like do it. Um, and they only had like in the, in the station, they only had like 10 pound dumbbells, 12 and a half pound dumbbells and 15 pound dumbbells. And I was like, Hey, these are like, this is girl weight. Like where's, where's the guys weights for this. And they were like, no, 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 that's it. And so I picked up the tens, which was the lightest one and could barely get 10 because your arm is your shoulders fully extended. Right. Right. And it could barely get 10, uh, did not finish the five sets, but like was so sore. It was like so stressful on my biceps that um, to, <laughs> I told you I was a crazy person that I would go off on these random tangents. Short answer, yes, I've done it. Wow, it's difficult. Uh, with the skull bells are way too heavy for me to try that with the skull bells. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now, leaning back and getting that full stretch and then getting that, getting that, that, um, that contraction at the top with the, with the twist. Oh man, it feels great. And so, in, in, in Arnold's book, his, his uh, bodybuilding encyclopedia, you would, you would do, you would do that for six reps on each side, leave them down, and then twist them just like that. You're not even curling. You just twist back and forth, and then bang out four more reps. And and the pump is out of this world, dude. It is insane. It feels amazing. Yeah, it reminds me of, um, I used to be, uh, I used to bowl a lot. Do you ever bowl? Ever go uh, bowling? When I have nothing better to do. Yeah, so you ever get sore the day after you get, after you bowl? No. Oh, well, bowl harder. Okay. <laughs> bowl harder why, next time. Maybe that's why I never get a hundred. Never get a, uh, okay. <laughs> I'm pretty bad, bro. Okay, yeah. There's a lot of gutter balls when I bowl. <laughs> yeah, no, I was in like, uh, intramural bowling in college oh, okay. so I'd, I'd bowl like twice a week for a few years and so like but still like it would my arm would be sore every time because the motion of bowling is full extension 
and then contraction and then it's 15 pounds you have to throw it as hard as you can so it's just same deal is what i mean yeah awesome okay uh last question that i want to ask you but i really appreciate your time on our on, on, our, on our show i want to thank you so much for that um as you know a superset is when you alternate between opposing muscle groups to cut your workout time in half and actually increase the results of each exercise and you do that quite a bit. Um, have you found that your approach to working out and nutrition to be a superset, making you a better comedian, marketer, husband, all of the above? Um, yeah. Uh, the short of it is, yeah. Like, um, for a few reasons. I mean, how you do one thing is how you do everything. And so if you half-ass your time in the gym, you're probably half-assing everything. Um, or, uh, yeah, straight up. Um, if you are, if you're cheating in the gym, that's not the only place you're doing that. You know, um, if you're, uh, if you're tracking food on, on a food tracker and not putting everything in, well, you know, you're probably, you're not being completely honest with everything in your life, including your goals to yourself. Like, I'm not saying that you owe anyone an explanation as to what you're eating. But if you're saying you want to do something and you're not really doing that, then you're not really doing that. So why say it? Um, and so like, you know, as I mentioned in my book, I've run until my kidneys failed, you know, um, yeah. which isn't a good thing. I didn't do it on purpose. I didn't do it to have my kidneys fail, but that's that type of goal oriented, um, at any cost attitude is how I have to be as we've covered. I have no middle ground. And so I'm doing it or I'm not doing it and that's it. And so like, yeah, my kidneys fail, but I did it. I finished, yeah. you know, like, cool. Now let's fix the kidneys, which I did mercifully. Um, <laughs> or the doctors did. I just kind of laid there and drank a bunch of Gatorade. Um, but yeah, so if, if you're, if you're able to, truly give it all in the gym and and track everything meticulously and and do this uh be what you want to be and work at that as hard as you can then you know i'm in i'm in uh, uh marketing and so like getting a note at 7 p.m on a friday that hey you need to redo this okay cool i'll do it i mean not happy about it but like, if you think that I'm not going to do this note because I'm afraid of the work, that's not it. I'm not afraid of the work. I know what it is to work and this isn't it. You know, you know, what's work the eighth set of an eight rep max. Yeah. That's the barbell is over your face. Yeah. Like that matters. You know, like if I don't make this, I'm eating. I mean, I'm, I'm only benching like 210, Shh. but I'm eating 210 pounds of steel here, you know, sure. like. I'm, I think I'll be good working a little bit late on a Friday night, you know? Yeah. And so, yeah, in short, um, I truly think that the discipline in the gym that you, the discipline you learn and hone in the gym really ripples out. And I don't mean just the gym. I mean, any type of fitness endeavor, hard stuff that you do for no reason, except that you want to, then the stuff that you have to do is easier. And anyone, you know this, because you spent, you put in the hours that that's the truth, straight up. Yeah.
bottom hours um, that, that that dovetails perfectly into uh, what you said. The secret to losing weight or your medical or Jewish doctor degree is a specific regimen of focused work. The hard part isn't knowing what to do; it's doing it. Yeah. yeah. Do anything for an hour a day, three times a week, for ten years. It's mm -hmm. gonna show. Yeah. Awesome. Well, sir, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for. Thank you for being on our show. You're a lot more, you're a lot more serious than, 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 than what I expected after, after reading your book. <laughs> Should I be funny? I just, <laughs> I mean, this is serious. This is not a joke. Yeah. I think people, uh, in the fitness community, like they vilify foods and it's hurt you. It's hurt me mm -hmm. and it hurts, um, it at one time or another, it hurts everyone. And so like, yeah. there's time for jokes, like. And then there's time for like, hey, let's get real. Like any food is fine in moderation. Yeah, I, I've been I've been known as a, I, I've I've been I have a reputation of being anti-carb just because I don't eat carbs. I'm, I'm, I mean, you're not anti everything else besides pizza. You know, it's like I don't I don't think that that any other foods are necessarily in, in inherent bad in and of themselves. But um, but for me personally, it's just I I, I choose not to. It's, it's just it it it, it doesn't work for. Me. Person. Exactly. And what you eat, I don't have to eat it. What yeah. I mean, it's what it's your diet. I'm yeah. sitting here, you know, so like, why does anyone care about what anyone else is eating? Yeah, except for inspiration. I think that's important work that we both do for our communities of carnivores of pizza, pizza vores. And um, the fitness folks that think they can't start because they're this or won't start because, hey, man, the only way to see results is to have this chicken and broccoli and rice diet. Nah. Get out of here. Yeah. Awesome. Well, that was, that was a good talk, man. Have, have Thanks, man. Topics. Yeah, we got to do this again sometime. We'll have all kinds yeah. of stuff to talk about. Might, might do like a, thinking about doing 45 days of bacon only. Oh, yeah. I was going to do, uh, 45 or not 45 days i was have you seen super high me with uh, doug benson mm -mm. oh it's a really weird uh movie um it's like super size me but doug benson is like a pothead comic and yeah. so he does 30 days with not smoking any pot at all and then 30 days of smoking so <laughs> much fucking weed and like that's the comparison it's kind of like a joke about the morgan spurlock movie 30 uh super size me so it's super high me. It's pretty fun uh, if you are not totally against pot use, yeah. uh, because it isn't it isn't a movie that you can watch and be like pot agnostic. You kind of have to be down with it because he gets high as it's like scary high. Um, but <laughs> yeah. that inspired me. You're gonna, say, you're gonna say high as a kite. Oh right, high as a kite. Um, yeah, but that inspired me to do my own project of like eight days eating nothing but broccoli. Uh, and then gaining weight because I could do that. You don't think I could do that? I could. I could totally eat only broccoli and gain weight over eight days. Or how gain many days? Just from the stress of doing that. Uh, from the misery of like all the beers yeah. I'd have to drink to get Cortisol through that. Cortisol would be through the roof. That'd be yeah. burning. Nope. Yeah, and then after like undoing all that all that damage with another pizza diet. Yeah. And so like that's my next that's my next project. Uh my next big project i think yeah well if you, you want to do, do like a um 
some sort of competition like you do with your wife or something like i'm down man like i'll do i'll do ba- i'll do bacon every day i'll do like do like only steak every day i mean i basically did that already anyway. yeah i mean <laughs> we're both see that's the thing is like it started as a diet but i beat my wife in like five days i did not beat my wife i will <laughs> say that i okay uh i uh i won the I bet in yeah i won the bet in five days and i kept going for 40 days because a it's awesome and b like under the pretense of the bet, it was like the only time I could ever get away with it. Yeah, and Whereas she broke like, it with pizza, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Because pizza is the best. Um, <laughs> but like, I, I don't think I could get away with it, like from like a, I live with this person uh, perspective. I don't think I could get away with another pizza diet unless yeah. she got like, I don't know, sent to jail, you know? Because like our just, our lives are so intertwined that like we have to be on roughly the same diet. Otherwise it'll just be messy. Yeah. So, but I, I don't doubt that you could do nothing but bacon. That sounds awesome. Yeah. I've heard of people doing it. It's great. It's, it's, it's perfect keto macros. So it'd be, it'd be different for me. I, I would be, I mean, it, it's literally perfect keto macros. So um, that would be my primary fuel source. And then I had to be okay with the low protein and hopefully I wouldn't lose, I'd probably lose a little bit of muscle, but it's okay. I can get that back pretty quick. Not if you eat more bacon. That's, that's true. I can eat more bacon. Awesome. Well, yeah, man. Thanks for your time. Thanks for having me, man. This is this is a lot of fun. I like talking. Mm-hmm. I like pizza. I like talking about pizza. And like, there's not too many people that are out there doing it every day. And like, so it's it's great to just like hang like cameras, not cameras off, but like recording aside, like mm-hmm. having Zoom chats with like-minded people. Yeah. That's what's up, man. Yeah. It's really uh, invigorating in terms of like, I think I'm onto something. The more the more I do this, the more I post about it, the more you do this, the more you post about it. And like, it's a, it's a cool community and um, a rare a rare community of people dedicated in the way that that I think we are, so. Yeah. No, it's been a pleasure, man. I, I, Keep I, up the good work. I, I, I live for conversations like this, I really do. I love, love, yeah. I love, talk, love, love talking about bodybuilding, food, faith, I mean, anything, anything like that. So, yeah. Awesome, man. Well, I'll let you get to the rest of your pizza. Word. Thanks so much, man. It was good hanging. It's good to see you. you too, bud. Take care. You too, man. Hey, podcast. Thank you so much for joining us for this entire episode. If you found this entertaining or if you found it helpful, we ask if you would please share this and help spread the word. To make sure that you don't miss future weekly episodes, we have a new episode every Saturday morning. You can subscribe to the podcast and it would mean the world to us if you would leave us a rating or a review on iTunes or whatever platform that you're listening on. And if you're listening to this audio, remember that you can watch the video on YouTube. We are not on Patreon or any other service for donations. This content is our gift to you. If you would like to support the show, we do invite you to our website, supersetyourlife.com where you will find our retail pages for our very own Skull Bells workout equipment line, hats, t-shirts, coaching services, and my stand-up comedy booking information. On the website, you will also find the link to subscribe to our weekly newsletter to be informed of new product announcements, sales, and all information to be up to date on what is going on. Finally, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at supersetyourlife.com. Thanks again. God bless. Also, the audio is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Overcast, Pocket Cast, and Radio Public. Probably a couple other ones I don't even know about. Thanks a lot.